A look at the most in-demand and well-paying jobs right now as the pandemic has drawn attention to certain critical roles. And a city program meant to provide quick relief to businesses has dispersed less than a quarter of its $100 million target. Eventually 10,000 people applied to this program, but out of $100 million available, only about $17 million has gone out. Crane's government reporter A.D. Quigg joins the podcast to talk it over. But as soon as I reported the story, I got messages back immediately saying, I know tons of people who would still love that money. I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist. It's Monday, August 24th. When it comes to a professional like your doctor or lawyer, you want someone who knows you well. Wintrust believes you should have the same relationship with your banker, someone you can call directly and know they'll understand your concerns. Thousands of local business owners called their Wintrust banker when they needed Paycheck Protection Program loans. They called, Wintrust answered, and helped more than 11,000 local businesses secure funding. Learn more at Wintrust.com slash Daily Gist. Member FDIC. We're joined now by Crane's government reporter, A.D. Quigg. I think a lot of people are talking about this right now. I know social media was uh, was uh, buzzing a little bit about this, about how businesses are having to wait for emergency loans from the city. Talk to me about this program. So this program was announced very early on uh, in the in the COVID crisis as far as it striking here. We remember that March was kind of a complete whirlwind. We had the stay-at-home order, the election, everything was kind of happening all at once. And in the middle of it, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot had a primetime address basically saying, here's what's going on with COVID and here's what the city is doing to help. And one of those things that she announced was a small business resiliency loan program. And she put this big price tag on it, $100 million, low interest loans to small businesses that were severely impacted by COVID. She and her team basically promised to get this money out the door as soon as possible because so many small businesses only had a few weeks of cash on hand. Basically, the the average number they said was 28 days cash on hand. And for some neighborhood businesses, like in Englewood, that could be as small as five. So in the early days of this program, I remember reporting on them getting 4,500 applications overnight. There was just a massive amount of demand for any kind of relief because this was very early on in terms of shutdowns and people just being afraid to go shop, spend money, be outdoors, anything like that. It's been five months now, and I wanted to see how well the program had done, how much money they had paid out, and where it was going. So I filed a FOIA request and got uh, some early numbers back. Eventually, 10,000 people applied to this program, but out of $100 million available, only about $17 million has gone out. And that's to 625-ish small business owners. And it's across the city, and it is small businesses like restaurants, bars, and breweries. But as soon as I reported the story, I got messages back immediately saying, I know tons of people who would still love that money. But the city gave a, a variety of reasons for basically why they haven't paid out more. Basically less than a quarter of the fund has been dispersed. So what did you find out about the process? Where is the logjam here? Right, so I spoke to uh, Brad McConnell. He's the CEO of one of the city's lending partners, Axion. He said, yes, we understand that when it's a program of this scale and only this much money has gone out, it seems like it's not fast enough. And yes, we do always want to go faster. But for small lending programs like them, um, he said it was an overwhelming success. So for all of 2019, Axion, for example, 
funded $3.8 million in loans. So them with their partners pulling off um, $17, $18 million in loans in five months or so is a huge uptick in, in business, basically like magnitudes larger than they're used to doing. The newness of this program is also uh, part of it. This is the first time the city's done a loan process like this. So anytime you're kind of getting stuff off the ground, it's difficult to launch. They're so proud of uh, the numbers that they have gone out. But what McConnell told me was, you know, early on, folks would qualify and we'd reach out and two out of the three we reached out to would reply back to us and say, yeah, let's get this started. Let's get the money going. But as the weeks have gone on, fewer people are responding. He puts it at about one in six. He said that could be for a number of reasons. That could be because they don't want to take on additional debt right now. They don't know if they'll be back in business uh, in a few months when they do have to pay this money back. It could be that folks are taking advantage of grants that they don't have to pay back. This is a loan. They will have to pay it back eventually with some interest. It could also be that these businesses have gone under, which is part of the reason I wanted to write this story. There's so much money left, but is it too late for a lot of these businesses that would have qualified otherwise? Have people just gone gone out of business? So I spoke with a few of the, the businesses that did receive loans, and for them, it was a lifeline. They said, you know, I spoke to a dentist who was basically completely shut down for three months during the early few weeks of this. You might remember that um, everything except emergency procedures at hospitals, including dentist practices where they use a lot of aerosols and there's a lot of virus potentially going out in the air. So we were closed down for three months and I looked at all my options of where I could get money the cheapest and this was one of them. So this helped me stay open. I also spoke with the, the publisher of the Chicago Reader, Tracy Bame, who, who described herself as a, as a cookie monster for money basically looking everywhere she could to get it. So they got um, a PPP loan from the Small Business Administration for uh, somewhere between $150,000 and $300,000. They got $50,000 from the Small Business Resiliency Loan Fund. They did a massive donation and got really creative on uh, where they could get money from. They did coloring books, cookbooks, best of books, and they switched from being a weekly publication to bi-weekly. And she was like, this was a, a significant portion of cash that helped me get through this. Um, and it meant a lot to me. I spoke to a, a really small business owner on, in, in Englewood who said, you know, this is only $1,200. I'm the only employee of a balloon decoration company. I also train other women on how to basically do balloon decorations. But this helped me bring back some of my part-timers to help me with much smaller smaller house parties, essentially, or like smaller, uh, smaller gatherings. And she said it helped me bring back four people and raise their hourly wages by $2.00. Uh, she also got a, an emergency loan from the state. So it, it, basically everyone that did get one said this was a really important part of the mix that helped them stay alive. Um, I also spoke with a woman who basically gave up on the city, really needed that money in the first few weeks and ended up getting a PPP loan. But she got an email back basically saying, you are number 1,850 in line. It would probably be a good idea for you to look elsewhere. So I will be watching out to see if, number one, they continue to make loans. The city says... Uh, with the second round of PPP concluding in early August, they expect to hear back from more people, basically, that might want the money. But I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that it's too little too late for a lot of the small businesses that needed this most in the early weeks of the pandemic. Right. I was curious about that, about now that we've seen the PPP period close out, if there is an uptick expected, and it seems that that will be the case. So so what's kind of on the horizon here? What's what's next and what kind of what's the timeline of people that are still waiting? They just kind of have to wait and that's it? 
we kind of have to wait and that's it. So 10,000 applications, a little over 2,000 were rejected. Um, 600 businesses did receive loans. So that's still more than 6,000 people waiting to see if they got it. I'd be curious to know how many still are in line and still need the money. I'll also be curious if there is another round of um, federal relief, if the city gets more CARES Act money so they could do potentially more grant programs because there are a lot of people who are wary of taking on extra debt right now. Um, The Tribune had a story today about one of the city's other grant programs that was uh, launched to help folks that were affected by looting in late May and early June. Um, They found that less than $300,000 actually went to businesses that were looted. Um, I think we're going to see audits of basically every relief program that the city and state have rolled out to see where the money went and how quickly. Um, And and speed was really key in this, because as I said at the top, it was places with less than uh, four weeks cash on hand in many cases. Um, I would love, this is going to be a big undertaking and part of what I wanted to do in this story, but one way, we we might just not know how many places have gone out of business um, that might have been seeking this emergency money. So if we can do some kind of post-mortem when all of this is done to figure out um, what could have helped. But again, this this thing just hit so quickly and so hard um, that everyone's kind of scrambling, scrambling to figure it out. Uh, I'll be watching for, for later rounds and probably foying again in a few weeks to see how much more money went out the door. Well, we will be sure and turn to you then with, for the latest. Thanks so much, A.D. Thank you. Coming up, a surprise was unearthed underneath a Picasso at the Art Institute. Using x-rays and infrared imaging, researchers here at the museum found a surprise second painting beneath the painter's 1922 work called Still Life. We'll talk all about that and more right after this. Chicago Comes Back provides resilient leadership insights to help your business move forward from the pandemic. Delivered on Thursdays, this free e-newsletter features up-to-date information and guidance for Chicago's businesses. Sign up at chicagobusiness.com slash chicagocomesback. When Cranes reported about the most in-demand jobs at the start of this year, things obviously looked pretty different, with a statewide unemployment rate at the time at about 3.5%. But of course, the pandemic has turned the economy absolutely upside down, impacting travel and airlines, hotels, restaurants, and theaters, and so on. Statewide unemployment stood at 14.6% in June, with employed workers fearful of layoffs and furloughs and many temporary or gig workers completely sidelined. However, the pandemic has also drawn attention to some critical roles like respiratory therapists and lab technicians and epidemiologists that are expected to be in demand as governments aim to be better prepared for outbreaks of communicable diseases in the future. And as more business activity moves online, technologists are in pretty high demand too on platforms for telemedicine and virtual meetings and expanded e-commerce. Meanwhile, home improvement and the furnishing sector are also doing pretty well as families hunker down in their homes and are willing to spend on amenities like hot tubs and ping pong tables. And as remote work has become more accepted, employers are now more open to hiring workers who are out of town. 
The founder and managing partner of recruiting firm HireWell told Cranes that before the pandemic, employers might have hired 5 to 10 percent of remote workers, but now they're comfortable having 40 or 50 percent of their workforce living somewhere else. And another plus, some of the suddenly hot jobs don't necessarily require a bachelor's degree. In many cases, a two-year technical training program is more of what's needed. In any case, you can see details on each of these roles as well as information about median salaries of each at chicagobusiness.com, but in demand jobs at the moment include respiratory therapist, cloud operations engineer, medical technologist, epidemiologist, supply chain manager, e-commerce manager, and actuary. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration has spent nearly a year preparing to reshape blighted commercial corridors on the city's south and west sides, and now it's ready to find out whether real estate developers will do the same. Stepping off a crucial new phase of the $750 million Invest Southwest initiative that the mayor's office announced back last fall, the city's now issuing a request for proposals for the first three of ten south and west side neighborhoods the administration has prioritized. The city's looking for developers for the first batch of sites, projects in Inglewood, Auburn-Gresham, and Austin, and laying out tax incentives available to help some of the financial hurdles that real estate investors have long cited as one of the main reasons for decades of neighborhood disinvestment. Chicago Department of Planning and Development Commissioner Maurice Cox told Cranes that if the city's plan works as intended, new developments in the designated neighborhoods would be financed and under construction as soon as 18 months from now. And hopefully other developers would then follow suit. Cranes commercial real estate reporter Danny Ecker has more. This is going to be a big test for the Lightfoot administration of how well they can sell real estate investors and developers on their vision for revitalizing some of these neighborhoods. The strategy is all about trying to get a lot of different city departments on the same page to make sure that one-off investments aren't siloed, making sure that if a real estate firm is going to build some new apartment and retail building that the city helps out with streetscape improvements, with providing TIF money, grants for small businesses to actually populate the project, they need to create a ripple effect that historically hasn't happened or hasn't happened quickly enough. And Lightfoot has a lot riding on this program leading to real, tangible economic development over the next couple of years. Billionaire Ken Griffin's finance companies plan to open a Singapore office this year in a fresh effort to expand in Asia. The Chicago-based firm said in an emailed statement that the new office will be shared by his Citadel hedge fund business and the Citadel security unit, and said that both units will continue to grow their Hong Kong operations, and Citadel Securities is expanding in Shanghai and Sydney as it broadens trading activities. Citadel is accelerating its expansion after the securities unit used its technology edge to seal its spot as one of the biggest traders of stocks, bonds, and derivatives. And trading's boomed globally as the COVID-19 pandemic pandemic and an oil shock disrupted markets and prompted investors to evaluate their holdings. Its flagship multi-strategy hedge fund gained 16.5 percent in the first seven months of the year. The expansion will give better access to the Singapore talent pool and help Citadel Securities compete with rival market makers in the region, including Optiver and Susquehanna International. Back in January, Citadel Securities agreed on a $97 million so-called administrative reconciliation with the Chinese securities regulator for issues related to the structure of certain local accounts of one of its units. And the deal ended a years-long regulatory probe that began after the 2015 domestic market retreat and freed it to resume expansion in Asia's largest economy, which is widening foreign access. 
A couple of years ago, researchers at the Art Institute were starting to look into layers of paint and pigment below the surface of a Picasso painting in what was supposed to just be an exploration of the painter's technique. What they found under the 1922 painting called Still Life, with help from x-rays and infrared imaging, was a second painting underneath. It's a painting of a pitcher and a mug and is clearly duplicated in another Pablo Picasso drawing held by the Gothenburg Museum in Sweden called Nature Morte, also dated 1922. But the discovery, which the three-person Art Institute team pretty much kept quiet until June when it wrote in research journal SN Applied Science, follows a similar x-ray analysis of other Picasso works, including The Blue Room and The Crouching Woman, which are held at other museums, both painted around 1901 and 1902, that have unearthed hidden works buried beneath the main painting. The discovery, however, was not a total surprise, because the outline of the underlying painting is visible on the reverse of the canvas in ordinary light and it could be seen in early black and white photos taken of the back of the painting after it entered the museum's collection in 1953. But of particular significance in the still life revelation is the contrast in styles between the two paintings. The pitcher and the mug were drawn in a neoclassical style, while still life itself is a cubist rendering of a guitar and a wine bottle. Toward the end of his life, before he died in 1973 at age 91 in France, Picasso had made no secret of his fondness for painting over old works, and it even encouraged art conservators to investigate by x-ray because, quote, you'll find things underneath. And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to our guest today, A.D. Quigg. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.